Shakaj, Spook Danju, Panchugi, Michael Roman, Anya Anwu Odam. What up, Spartans? You are tuned in to the official podcast of the Mosaic Cross Cultural Center. At this time, I ask you to open your mind and close the Western philosophy with which we were raised. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to drop you some knowledge on recognizing global issues, engaging in difficult conversations or dialogues, and understanding our identities to recognize privileges we may or may not have. And notice the word dialogue in that we welcome conversations that we can return to. It's not a debate. Nobody's winning here. It's something where both sides recognize our differences, and that's kind of what this country is about. The goal of this podcast is to make you aware about a film on the Native American-based sports mascot, the Washington Arskins. More Than a Word offers a fascinating look inside the growing movement to change the name of the Washington Arskins football team. It's directed by brothers John and Ken Little, who are members of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. The film traces how the word Arskins evolved from a term of racist derision and slander to being embraced as one of the NFL's most beloved franchises. The film also draws on the voices of Native American activists and scholars to place the controversy surrounding mascots within the wider context of the American history and racial stereotyping more generally. All right, so today on our show, we have John Little, who is currently a doctoral student in the history at the University of Minnesota. He's also the co-director of this film. Him and his brother are both dedicated to ensuring that indigenous people are part of the cultural and historical narrative. You know, to us though, here at SJSU, John and his, his brother Ken, they're a lot more. This film is a lot more because if you look around the Native American, the indigenous people of this land, the first peoples are just an unrepresented population, marginalized. And whatever else you can think of when it comes to the representation of who we are as a people in today's world, note. Yeah, thanks for having me. Right on, brother. So, can you share how you got involved in deciding to make this documentary? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think you know this has been a, a project that was essentially a four or five year year project for for me and my brother, uh, my brother Ken. Uh, who's the co-director of the film and, and did most of the editing for the film or all the editing for the film. Um, and I think it's, it's, uh, it was one of those things that we really wanted to make a film kind of just highlighting some sort of issue in, in Indian country. And one of the reasons that we chose this movement was because we saw that the conversation was kind of a shouting match uh, back and forth between both sides. Uh, so you saw, if you know, if you know, if you go to any article, you'll see, I read the comment section on an article and it's 
it was just two opposing sides that were shouting at each other and not really having a conversation. Right. Uh, but more importantly, uh, the native side of that issue was often overlooked. And so they would get native people for like a soundbite or for a clip just to say, you know, I support it or I don't support it. But they really weren't giving native people a voice uh, when this issue is impacting them the most. And so I think that's kind of why we decided to make a film. It was originally going to be about 10 minutes. It was going to be a 10-minute video we thought we'd post on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it just ended up being one of those things where we started kind of interviewing people and, and paying attention to the movement and reading up on it and just seeing that this is like a way bigger issue than a 10-minute film. And so it kind of started going from there that we decided to make a feature length. Uh, from At the beginning part, you know, it was just me and my brother self-funding us, self-funding basically, so it was a really slow process. That's why it took three or four years. And then uh, we ended up working with Media Education Foundation, who essentially – uh, gave us the money to, to help finish the film. And so that's when essentially we made the film after that in about a year. Uh, we did all of our interviews in a year. And so that's kind of how we decided to do it. But it was mostly just to, to tell the native perspective from the side of the story and also to educate people. We really hope that our film uh, educates uh, more so than kind of makes a, you know strong opinions about, about either side, but kind of just helps people gradually understand why this issue is, is a major problem. Cool, cool. So then... What is, so then, can you let the audience know what is the history of the R word? Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a really big question. Uh, it's a it's a good question. I think it's important to kind of understand the history of it. But I mean, there's a that's one of those things. Is as we were working on the film, we started learning more and more history about it. And I think if you look at Phil Deloria, he's a historian uh, from Standing Rock, and if you look at his work, uh, he does a lot of stuff on what he calls playing Indian. And kind of traces those movements movements throughout history and i think in the 20th early 20th century you saw a lot of people a lot of sports teams kind of turning to native uh native mascots to kind of help reclaim their identity you know as warriors and other things like that and so you saw lots of native mascots come up in the 1920s especially like you know thousands of native mascots across the united states and uh and so i think redskins uh, or the r word was one of those uh, words that was used. I think now there's about 42 high schools and, and you know one professional team that use it across the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. But before, I'm sure there were hundreds. And so I think uh, when you trace the history of that, they, the Washington fans actually like to trace the history of it being back to a, a coach named Jack Dietz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they claim that he was a Native American. Uh, usually they claim that he was Lone Star Dietz, uh, Lakota from Pine Ridge, but uh, when you actually get into the history of that, he wasn't native and he was actually playing Indian. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's one of those stories that when you dig into the deeper history, it's kind of this crazy story of you find this man who had actually been tried in court twice uh, and lost both times for, for stealing someone's identity. And so he, uh, you know, stole another native person's identity. And, and then that's kind of the story that the team claims to. Uh, they claim that he was native himself. Um, and, you know, I don't usually bring up the other parts of the story, but I think that's kind of the crazy part of that history. So for that particular word, I think it, it started in 1924 around there um, when they started using that for the Washington football team to, to use that name. But it's uh, it's just one of those crazy stories that uh, it's, it's, you could make a whole film just on that. Right. And then I think, yeah, so I mean, I, I think that's that's kind of just like the, the, the history of that word, I guess, really summed up very quickly. Okay. All right. Thank you. So then... Um... From the campuses you visited, the communities you visited, what have people responded to 
in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's been it's been crazy. Uh, the film is screened at, uh, I think, probably over 200 universities now. I know for sure over 100, but more realistically, it's probably over 200 universities. We're, uh, you know, screening a lot again this year. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been really great. A lot of times we're getting brought in by native studies departments or, or multicultural departments or, you know, whatever departments like that that are supportive of these issues. And so I think we usually get pretty positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we get a lot of feedback from native students. And that's been really great because, you know, I think this is a really complicated issue. And for a lot of people who maybe grew up on a reservation or grew up in poverty or things like that, this issue kind of seems kind of like trivial. And so I think when you actually have a native student coming up saying, oh, I didn't really think this was a big issue until we watched your film. And then now I think it's a big issue and I, you know, I want to help support that. And so I think that's been cool to hear native students actually come up and say things like that. But um, as, a, as a whole, uh, we've also had a lot of non-native people come up to us and say, you know, I never really thought about this issue. Uh, and I also never really thought about native people as, as real people. And so I think it's been cool to have people come up to us and just kind of point out that this film has changed how they viewed mascots, but also how they viewed native people. And, and I think that's, that's been kind of the cool part, just touring with that. Yeah, I can tell you right now, there's a guy in the veteran student organization that I spoke to about this whole ordeal. And this goes back to when you visited San Jose State in the fall of um, 2017. So, you know, I said he walked in with his cap on, and I kind of, after watching the film, when you brought it here, you know, I kind of dropped him some knowledge about it, and he's all for real. And it wasn't until this semester, one year after, mind you, um, that he called, he, I, sent, I seen him studying, and he's all, hey, what's up? So he brings me in, and we're kind of chatting about the whole thing, and he's like, yeah, man, I'm I, I really glad I only bought one of their jerseys because I can, I can see that now. So that that's that's where he's coming from. I'm really happy to, you know, just from a student watching that documentary and trying to explain it to someone who hasn't, how you know it kind of changed his his thought. But yeah, um, that's that's really cool to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's and I, you know we hear stories like that all the time, and I think it never gets old hearing that. You know, knowing that you made an impact in that way is is really cool. And I think I think that's that's the reason that we tried to make the film more so educational. You know, mm-hmm. I think we could have really come at this kind of in your face and, and, you know, almost given you like a lecture about, you know, you need to change your Jersey, change your hat or change the name or, you know, all that and kind of been really aggressive about it. But we tried to take an educational approach at it. Uh, and I think that's been, that's been responded. Well, I mean, obviously some people are just never going to do it are never going to be interested in that or, or just don't care. Um, but we're trying to figure out to, to get the people who are kind of on the border who are more so like ignorant of the issue um, and so I think that's, it's always really cool to hear stories like that about people just, you know, not doing it anymore, not saying it or not supporting it anymore. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really cool to hear that. Okay. So then since, since you're talking about that, where can students go for more information or educational support in this topic? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a great, that's a great question. Uh, we, so, I mean, we have our own social media, uh, that we try to, post a lot of things you know yesterday i posted uh an article about uh kind of about psychology and the impact of native mascots on on uh, college students and so i think we'll we used to try to post things about that but then also um let me see if i can pull up amanda's well what's your call sign on facebook or twitter or what have you 
Yeah, so uh, our social media for the for Instagram is just uh, at more than a word doc, and then for Twitter it's just uh, M T A W documentary. And okay. so that's probably the one that we're on the most because it's just the most accessible for that. But um, I'm trying to think. Word word, uh, you know that that helps though. I mean, so people can can get instant information. I mean, I know that there's websites out there and dedicated to this uh this issue yeah i'm trying to think uh yeah so i mean i'm just trying to think like amanda blackhorse has some really good stuff on uh it's called notyourmascots.org oh yes okay notyourmascots.org thank you thank you yeah and so um that's just a a good website and it's uh that all kind of talk about talks about like the rally last week and it talks about you know any actions that are happening usually throughout the United States. And so I think it's a good website just to kind of connect with a lot of things. Uh, you can also go to the NCA, uh, NCAI, the National Congress of American Indian. Uh, their website has has uh, has information about how you can end mascots, how you can support, things like that too. All right. Cool. Well, th- thank you. Um, but one, one more question though. When it, yeah. You as a student, what challenges uh, have you faced uh, as a student activist and what techniques do you use to overcome them? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, it's tough. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm in graduate school right now. I'm working on my PhD, and I think there are not a lot of other Native historians out there. And so I think uh, for any, like one of the first things I do when I get to a community like a community like that or an organization that have, doesn't have a lot of Native people is I try to find those resources right away. I try to find other Native people. Uh, and so I think that's kind of one of the challenges is often only being the native person in the room and kind of having to speak for all native people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, uh, you know, I'm sure you've encountered the head of San Jose state too. And I think it's one of those things that you have to figure out how to deal that with that in your own situation. Um, whether it's reaching out to universities that are local to you that have other native students or, or just finding, you know, a native faculty member on campus that you can talk to about all these issues. Cause they've probably gone through a lot of those same things. And so I think my, best advice uh about being you know just a student in general is just to also kind of find find that community that's going to help support you and get you through those uh tough times because i've had so many people over the years uh native and non-native that have really been there to, to support me uh whether it was making the film or whether it's keeping me in school just to finish my dissertation and so i think that's a really great thing is to find your community and a lot of those times, those communities, you're going to find people that have, you know, they're going to be activists. Too. They're going to be doing things like that. And so, uh, you know, support their 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 goals. You need to also support other people of color. And I think that's one of the things that we often forget. Sometimes I get so caught up with, like, you know, the not your mascot stuff or native stuff that I kind of forget that, uh, you know, we need to support uh, other people of color. And I think that's what that exchange has actually been more more helpful than um, a lot of native people kind of rallying against things because you can get other people to help you support your goals. And, and um, I think that's really, really helpful for, for people of color. Um, and as far as techniques, I guess probably just finding those communities, you know, I think uh, a lot of times there are resources on campus that we don't know about that. I think go try to find that, you know, I was just at an event today for, for students of color on campus, a luncheon, uh, and I had never gone to it before. It's my fourth year here, and I, I went today, and I met a lot of really great people. And so I think just kind of putting yourself out there, getting outside your comfort zone uh, to meet those people is also just a really great thing, too. That's fantastic. 
Well, John, I want to really thank you for being on the show and appreciate that the work you're doing and how it's influencing people. Uh, but in terms of the students, when we show this film, um, what, is, what is your hope? Like, um, what, what is the hope that you have when students watch this? I mean, do you want them to get involved or do you, uh, you know, just want to be the voice of those who can't? What, what, is, what is your hope, your end goal? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, I think first and foremost, I, I want students to be aware of this issue um, and not just the mascot issue. I mean, this stems from other issues, cultural appropriation in general. You know, it's not just about mascots, which I think so many people try to, 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 to point it as, and it's, it's really not. There's other, this is a, a, an issue that in, impacts us on our identity and how we're seen. Uh, it's, if you're seen as a mascot, you can't really be seen as a human being. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I really hope the film, you know, for your university or for any university, I hope that it, it kind of shows us as human beings. Um, but I also really hope that to the native students out there, I hope that it shows that you can make a film uh, and you can tell your story and it doesn't have to be about mascots. It doesn't have to be challenging a uh, mm -hmm. system or anything like that, but you can tell your stories. And I hope that that, you know, like that means a lot to me when I have a lot of students come up and say, you know, I decided to do a, tell a film like about my family or about, you know, my tribal history and I think we're so underrepresented in film and documentaries that it's uh it's we need native stories and so I hope that uh while, while I want a native student to maybe like support uh you know changing mascots and things like that I also want native people to tell their stories and so I hope that that it can inspire native students to do that and I think Ken would feel the same way about that too word all right well then uh well then thank you John I just want to let you know in November we, we plan to rally here on campus against this issue. And I uh, was just giving you a heads up, man. When you came down, dude, you, you really affected a lot of people. And I still kind of tear up when I watch that film, and I've already watched it like three or four times. So, so thank you. Thank you, uh -huh. your brother, and all the folks that supported you in that arena. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for all your support, and you know, let, it, let us know how we can help from afar, you know, and you know, getting the word out about your movement and all that stuff down there, too. All right, roger that. All right, John, well, thank you again, and... Uh, good luck out there in the in uh, Minnesota, eh? <laughs> Sounds good, thanks. Okay, see ya. Right. Native American student or Cheyenne. Cheyenne, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Cheyenne Rooker. I'm a second year um, student at San Jose State University. My major is, um, I'm a pre-dental major, and I'm from San Francisco, California. Word, word. And so, thank you for being on the show. And thank you for, and the rest of your team for all the work that you do here at the campus and how important it is to the future students. And so I'm really appreciative of that. So uh, what is your experience when you hear the R word? I think the R word is extremely stereotypical, racist and offensive towards Native people. Just thinking about, um, you know, the history behind that because it has, if you think about like, you know, Asians, like in the Asian community, they don't like to be called like yellow, mm -hmm. like yellow skinned. I mean, that's extremely racist and then people have a problem with it, but people don't understand the, um, the trauma behind the R word. So that basically goes back to the, about like the 18th century when, um, people were, 
were native people were scalped and there was uh, like prize money being awarded to those people for killing um, mm. native people. So when I hear that word, it's, you know, really emotional because I just can't believe that um, an NFL like team mm -hmm. would want to make money off of our people, off of our tragedy, off of our genocide, you know, mm -hmm. like just thinking about like, now it's always about the money like I don't understand like there is no humanity to this it's just selfish selfishness and people are just ignorant and, and the thing is that bothers me is no one wants to see that and they don't believe they think it's celebrating our people but it's not you can't use someone's culture lifestyle history and tradition spirituality um, and just being a person overall as a mascot. A mascot was meant to be, you know, two animal mascots supposed to be fighting against each other. And in my opinion, I think that they still think of Native people as savages. And that's mm -hmm. why they use it as a mascot, because mascots are supposed to fight against each other. Mm. And so if they think of us as an object or an animal that would be fighting against other ones, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Yes. Thank you, Cheyenne. Thank you so much. And so what are the challenges that you may have faced as a student activist, and what techniques uh, do you use to overcome those challenges? I would say some challenges as a student activist would be hearing those responses, those excuses, quote-unquote excuses about racism, about stereotyping, and people trying to make a light out of something. So when I hear people saying, well, you know, like, yeah, there was a genocide amongst Native people, but sometimes I feel that people brush it off, and they don't see it as, you know, the land that they're standing on is a land where, like, as in California land, right, where we're here right now, we're landing on bloodshed of history and of native indigenous people and I feel that a lot of my peers my classes don't realize or acknowledge that mm -hmm. and there needs to be more acknowledgement so what I want to do is the way I try to challenge myself and try to um, you know maybe improve this kind of like um, insecure mentality is to educate people in a way that in a way that I can do it as in I'll be in class and I have an assignment on you know a speech and a lot of the time I like to do a cultural pro do cultural appropriation especially after I saw this documentary and it was surprising to see the results of uh, the reviews I got because you get there's like commentary for your speech and a lot of people don't didn't realize how offensive you know the mascot was didn't realize how offensive dressing as a Native American mm -hmm. was and they don't realize no one realizes that we are civilized people that I'm native and that you know like I don't have to be like they are so used to like textbooks pictures of textbooks of how we look mm -hmm. and that's how they look at us that's how they label us so what I do is like being um you know part being part of the council for the uh, for NASO is really important to me because we could all come together as a community and make a change on campus and just do what's right Word, do what's right there you go from Cheyenne all right everyone so as Amanda Black Horse said you know you can't force honor on people mm -hmm. and <laughs> if 
you forget about history, you're doomed to repeat it. And I'm, I'm glad that there's people like Cheyenne, there's people like John Little and his brother Kim, Ken and Amanda Blackhorse who are out there fighting the good fight. And this goes out to all of you out there, indigenous people, if you want to fight the good fight and educate other people, then you're welcome to connect with NASO. They're at the naso.sjsu.ca at gmail.com or stop by the Mosaic Cultural Center during the week and you'll meet any of us here. All right, so please look forward to our upcoming events by going on to www.sjsu.edu forward slash M-O-S-A-I-C. My next event, however, keep this in mind, is going to be October 18th, 2018, fall, where we show the film more than a word. And in November, guess what, folks? We all come together for a rally. And that rally is going to be in November. So that's it for the show. Mike out.